بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا We continue the explanation of Umdat al-Ahkam and we have reached hadith number 66 عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال بينما الناس بقباء في صلاة الصبح إذ جاءهم آت فقال إن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قد أنزل عليه الليلة قرآن وقد أمر أن يستقبل الكعبة فاستقبلوها وكانت وجوههم إلى الشام فاستداروا إلى الكعبة In this hadith narrated by Abdullah bin Umar May Allah be pleased with him and his father uh, he said while some people were offering morning prayer at Quba, at Quba, a man came to them and said, A Quranic order has been revealed to Allah's Messenger tonight that he should face the Kaaba at Mecca in prayer. So you too should turn your faces towards it. At that moment, their faces were towards Asham, towards Al-Quds, Jerusalem. And on hearing that, they turned towards the Kaaba, Mecca. Now, the narrator, Abdullah bin Umar, the son of Umar Abdullah, the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiyallahu anhuma, uh, a biography of him was given in hadith number 13. So you can refer to that, inshallah ta'ala. The subject matter of the hadith is, what should one do if the qibla, uh, the direction of the qibla, uh, became uh, clear to him during or became known to him during the Salah. This is the subject matter of the Hadith. Now, let's explain some of the words here that are relevant. Quba Quba is a known place to the south of Medina. South, the city of Medina. and it's about three kilometers from uh, the city of Medina. Now it's, it's almost part of it, because, you know, the Medina now is, mashallah, expanded a lot. And uh, who is this man uh, who came? Uh, his, uh, the man who came is a man from Bani Salama. No. And uh, his name is not of a great uh, impact because what is intended is knowing the ruling. What is intended is knowing the ruling. And that his name, complete name was not mentioned, does not affect the hadith's ruling. Is that clear? Then, Unzila Alay, a Quranic order revelation, uh, came down upon him, has been revealed to him. this occurred after, listen carefully, this occurred after Salat al-Dhuhr, directly, right after Salat al-Dhuhr, uh, in the middle of Shahr Rajab, Shahr Rajab, uh, the seventh month of the Islamic calendar, and this took place uh, in the second year after Hijrah, the second year after Hijrah. Yeah. So this took place on the 15th of Rajab, the middle of Rajab, of Rajab, the second year after Hijrah. Now he said, 
a Quranic order has been revealed to Allah's Messenger tonight. It is possible that this reporter did not know of the timing of the revelation except at night. So he thought that it was revealed at night. This is one possibility. That's why he mentioned at, uh, tonight. And it's possible that he intended the day that precedes. So he generalized the night on it. And that's why he mentioned the night. But actually, uh, this occurred after Salat al-Dhuhr, right after Salat al-Dhuhr, in the middle of Rajab, uh, in the second year after the Hijrah. What was the Quran that was revealed? It is this verse, 2144. 2144. Verily, we have seen the turning of your Muhammad sallallahu face towards the heaven, surely we shall turn you to a qibla, a direction that shall please you. So turn your face in the direction, direction of al-Masjid al-Haram, and who, the sacred mosque in, in Mecca, and whosoever or wheresoever you people are, turn your faces in prayer in that direction. Uh, so he was commanded, meaning by Allah, he was ordered by Allah. It says here a Quranic order, meaning by Allah, to direct himself in, during Salah to the Kaaba, which is the first house uh, built for mankind in Mecca for worshipping Allah alone. So, so therefore direct your faces in that direction. This is uh, in the Arabic, فَاسْتَقْبِلُوهَا Here it becomes a command to the people of Quba to direct themselves towards the Kaaba. In another wording it came, فَاسْتَقْبَلُوهَا فَاسْتَقْبَلُوهَا The first, فَاسْتَقْبِلُوهَا This is a command. فَاسْتَقْبَلُوهَا Meaning they, the people of Quba, uh, directed themselves when they were informed. Then he said here, وَكَانَتْ وُجُوهُهُمْ At that moment their faces... This is the wording of Ibn Umar now. From here to the end of Hadith, this is the statement of Ibn Umar, the narrator. At that moment their faces were towards Asham, Jerusalem, Al-Quds, and on hearing that they turned towards the Kaaba. Now... The overall explanation of this hadith, the overall explanation of this hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ came as an immigrant to Medina, to the city of Medina, and he prayed in, uh, there towards the direction, direction of Al-Quds, Jerusalem, 16 or 17 months Allah commanded him to do so, and he ﷺ used to love to uh, and yearn to return to the Kaaba because it was the first house built on the face of earth for the worship of Allah the most high, the most magnificent, the most mighty. And uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the command 
after Salat al-Dhuhr to redirect the Qibla and the news spread in Medina so a man from the people of Bani Salama came to the people of Quba while they were praying the morning prayer the Fajr prayer in their masjid they were praying it towards Asham, towards Al-Quds Jerusalem and he informed them of the revelation from Allah upon his Prophet Muhammad having the command to direct towards Al-Kaaba so they turned while in their salah so the Imam took the place of the Ma'mum and vice versa and they continued their salah so they built upon the initial salah they started the benefits of this hadith first of all Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is Allah's right and this belongs to him to change the rulings to change the rulings of Sharia as he wishes in accordance with wisdom that fits his majesty because he is the all wise subhanahu wa ta'ala and from this we know the permissibility of abrogating abrogating the legal laws that is because now in this case the qibla was abrogated was abrogated Uh, from uh, Bayt al-Maqdis from Jerusalem to Al-Kaaba in Mecca and the evidence for the existence of abrogation in Sharia is evident in the Quran and also in the authentic Sunnah in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Al-Baqarah 2106 مَا نَنْسَخُ مِنْ آيَةٍ أَوْ نُنْسِهَا مَا نَنْسَخُ مِنْ آيَةٍ أَوْ نُنْسِهَا قال الله تعالى ما ننسخ من آية أو ننسها نأتي بخير منها أو مثلها ألم تعلم أن الله على كل شيء قدير سورة البقرة 106 whatever a verse revelation do we abrogate or cause to be forgotten we bring a better one or similar to it no you not that Allah is able to do all things Certainly he does. And abrogation is of several types. Abrogation is of several types. Abrogation in text and in ruling. Abrogation in text and in ruling. For example, the number of sucklings the number of sucklings was abrogated in text and in ruling because Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha mentioned that from that which was revealed in the Quran were ten prohibiting or known sucklings uh, sufficient to prohibit, meaning to uh, to make uh, the relations unlawful, and then they were abrogated to five. They were abrogated to five. No. The other text is the other the other abrogation. His abrogation 
of ruling and keeping the text. Abrogation of ruling while keeping the text. Like in the Quran in Surah Al-Anfal. Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verse 65. Let's look at it. Ya ayyuhan nabiyyu, qawlu ta'ala, Ya ayyuhan nabiyyu, harrid al-mu'minina ala al-qital, iyyakum minkum ishruna sabiruna yaghlibu mi'atayn, وَإِيَّكُمْ مِنْكُمْ مِئَةٌ يَغْلِبُ أَلْفًا مِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِأَنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ O Prophet, listen carefully, O Prophet Muhammad ﷺ urged the believers to fight. If there are twenty steadfast persons amongst you, they will overcome two hundred. What's the ratio now? Twenty to what? Two hundred. And if there be a hundred steadfast persons, they will come a thousand. So the ratio of 1 to 10, right? Overcome a thousand of those who disbelieve. Because they, the disbelievers, are people who don't understand. Right? 1 to 10, right? Now, in the next verse, this was abrogated (coughs) in ruling, (coughs) but with the uh, with the same uh, while the text was kept. While the text was kept. In the next, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, عنكم. So this is an abrogation from a harder to a less hard state. So therefore now a ratio of one to two, right? A ratio of one to two. Clear? Okay. So this is the second case. The third situation is abrogating the text, abrogating the text while keeping the ruling. Abrogating the text while keeping the ruling. Clear? The example is the verse on stoning. Stoning the adulterer and the adulteress. Now, married ones. The verse on abrogating, uh, the verse on, on stoning, was abrogated in text, was abrogated in text, while the ruling remains. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu mentioned When, when, when adultery was mentioned, he said, uh, the Messenger وسلم, stoned, وَرَجَمْنَا بَعْدَهُ and we stoned after him, وَأَخْشَى إِنْ طَالَ بِالنَّاسِ زَمَنْ and I fear that after a, long, a prolonged time, people will say, لَا نَجِدُ الرَّجْمَ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ we don't find the text of stoning in the book of Allah, وَإِنَّ الرَّجْمَ حَقْ while Ar-Rajim is truth, ثَابِتٌ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ Affirmed in the book of Allah, عَلَى مَنْ زَنَى إِذَا أَحْصَنْ Upon the one who commits adultery if he is married. Now, so this is the third type. The text was abrogated while the ruling remains. The next benefit from this hadith, uh, the obligation 
to take by the saying of a single person in matters of the religion if he is reliable. Where is this taken from? From the hadith. The question is for you. Naam, yes. Man from Bani Salama conveyed and he was one person. Exactly. He was reliable. Naam. Is this clear? You see this? Anyone, next benefit, anyone to whom the Qibla becomes uh, clear during the Salah, then he turns and directs himself to the correct Qibla and builds upon what he has already established from the prayer. Where is this taken from in the Hadith? Where is this benefit deduced from the Hadith? And on hearing that, they turn towards the Kaaba. Exactly. And on hearing that, they turn towards the Kaaba. They continued the praying and they did not repeat. Yes, correct. That's right. <coughs> Next benefit. The permissibility to move while making the Salah for a benefit. Where is this taken from? The permissibility to move while performing the prayers if there is a benefit. Where is this taken from in the Hadith? Naam, and they turned towards the Kaaba, yes. Uh, and that moment their faces were towards the Jerusalem and on hearing they turned towards the Kaaba. That's right. Now, with respect to the movement in, this, in the Salah, it is divided into five kinds. Movement in Salah is divided into five kinds. First, obligatory movement. Obligatory, to move. And this is the one upon which the validity of the Salah depends upon such that if the person, if he does not do it, his salah is nullified. Like, for example, moving in order to direct oneself towards the qibla, if someone is away from the qibla, or someone uh, uh, alerts him that the qibla is to his back. You see that? You understand? Or if he finds impurity on his shoes, for example, or on his clothes, so he moves to remove the impurity. In this case, the movement is an obligation. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ, when he took off his shoes, the companions took off their shoes, uh, just uh, taking him as a lead, uh, ﷺ. After he finished, he said, what's the matter with you? And uh, then he explained that Jibreel ﷺ came and informed him of the impurity on his shoes. And then he took them off. Is this clear? This is the first kind. 
The second is the forbidden, forbidden movement, forbidden movement, and this is uh, to perform many consecutive moves without any necessity. You understand? So if there were few moves, and uh, yes, okay, there are few moves, and if they are separate, then it's not haram. And if there are uh, 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 if there are moves and uh, needed or a necessity, then certainly they are not haram. For example, if someone uh, moves to uh, kill a scorpion or a snake in the salah, this is a necessity. Or if uh, while praying, uh, the mother or the father sees. Uh, uh, a child who was who is about to uh, touch some uh, electric uh, appliance or fire, etc. Uh, but on the other hand, if he uh, executes many moves without a need, like uh, playing with his beard or with his mobile, uh, as it is nowadays, or with his watch. Uh, Etc. This is this is forbidden. The so this is the obligation, and this is the second is the forbidden. The third is the recommended. The recommended, and uh, this is the one upon which uh, a recommended deed depends upon, depends uh, in, in the salah. For example, uh, closing the gaps in salah around you or in front of you. Is this, is this clear? Is this clear? This is recommended. This is recommended. And the fourth type, the fourth type is the makruh, the detested, disliked. These are few moves, these are few moves, but without a need, there is no need for them. Like playing with his hands when there is no need, or with his hat, type. The fifth kind is the allowable. The fifth kind is the allowable. These are a few moves, few needed moves. A few needed moves, like scratching. Okay. And there could be also many because of necessity, as we explained earlier, like killing a scorpion or etc. Or a... Or a or a snake. You understand? There could be certain moves that are few, one for example, but not consecutive. Like for example, two movements in rukur, two movements in sujood, two movements after standing. In, in totality, there are many, but they are not consecutive. Now, what about the movement 
what about the movement to uh, turn off the mobile or the cellular phone? We know that the mobile to turn it off the, the sounds, the harm the people. It, it, it harms the, the carrier, it harms his neighbors, the Muslims, and harming the Muslim is haram, is unlawful. So therefore, if he moves in order to turn off the mobile, in order therefore to seize this harm, then in this case his movement is obligated. Now what about the movement to uh, close the door? What about the movement to close the door? Uh, in general, it is permissible. In general, it is allowable. And in some cases, it could be a necessity. Like someone knocking the door on you, and uh, someone who fears uh, to be destroyed. And it becomes a necessity. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, opened the door while he was in salah. And if the door is closed to you, there is no harm, obviously. And it's far, if it is far and, uh, and a necessity, then it is permissible. And if it is not for a necessity, then no. If it is far away from you. And this is with respect to the opening uh, the door. From the benefits that uh, when the Qibla becomes clear to a person during Salah, then he moves to take the correct direction and builds upon what proceeded from his Salah. And therefore he does not discontinue the Salah. Also from the benefits we know, from the benefits we learn is that there is no harm if the people move in a group such that the Imam would be in the place of the Ma'mums and vice versa as evident from this hadith as evident from this hadith is that clear? Tayyip, the sixth benefit is the affirmation that the Quran came down from Allah brought down from Allah is this clear? Is this clear? Was sent down from Allah. And this also in itself is a proof for what? This in itself is a proof for what? No, no. It's not about... Uh, not this one. No. No. Yes. That Allah is above. This name. That Allah is above creation. That Allah is above creation. Yeah. Now, there is in this hadith an indication that if the Musalli directs himself to the house of Allah by his physical being, then he directs what to Allah also? He directs what to Allah? heart, his heart now now there is an indication of that now, case if an imam is praying the congregational prayer and during the salah he finds impurity on his clothes 
should he take his clothes off in front of people or what? Now, if he is in his house, then there is no harm in that. He takes it and grabs something else to wrap himself with. But if he is in a masjid or in a group other than this, then in this case, then in this case, he leaves the salah and then he uh, redo it again. If the impurity is in his, uh, uh, for example, head covering and uh, in his outer garment, which can be taken easily and no problem, then he can take, uh, he can rid himself of that. What about if the phone rings? If the phone rings, there is no harm for him to uh, turn it on and says Allahu Akbar or recites loudly so that the other person on the other uh, side or the other end of the call knows that he is in salah. There is no harm in that. والله تعالى أعلى وأعلم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا